It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. What do we have on tap? Well, only way to find that out, you have to tune in. You have to grab your ticket, get on board, put your seatbelt on. Most importantly, enjoy the ride. That's right. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and your conductor, Anthony Smith. And we are getting ready to get this train on the track. So let's get rolling. train sports talk podcast with your host and conductor anthony smith grab your tickets get on board and enjoy the ride it's the a train sports talk podcast all aboard Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, with the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas. And what do I have on tap? Well, 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 all I can say is you have to stay on board. The ride is free, so enjoy the ride. You have some headlines. Brittany Griner is coming home. Matter of fact, she may already be home as we speak. I know it's a lot of controversy surrounding that. And I will probably touch the controversy. Also, coaching carousel is still going round and round. And Stanford, you know, the Stanford Cardinal has narrowed their choices down to two candidates. And that is where I am going to start. So, who is Stanford looking at? Well, let's just find out. Stanford's the, really the last big-name uh, program remaining other than Purdue to, uh, to have a vacancy, Wendy. And my sources have told me it's really down to two primary candidates right now. One is Sacramento State coach Troy Taylor. He visited there this week. Sacramento State plays tomorrow night in the FCS playoffs. And then there's a big name, Jason Garrett. He was on campus late this week, and he's thought to be also a primary target. Garrett obviously went to Princeton, uh, brings that type of background to Stanford, and obviously brings quarterback pedigree, which is something that school's been noted for. Uh, No decision's been made. I'd expect something in the next 24 to 36 hours. Stanford's getting close. Stanford's really the... So, yes, Stanford. is looking to make a hire. And they're looking to make that hire pretty soon. 
Former Dallas Cowboys coach Jason Garrett and Sacramento State coach Troy Taylor are among the finalists for the Stanford head coaching job, sources told ESPN's Pete Thamel. Stanford has completed the final round of interviews, and a decision is expected in the coming days, sources told Thamel. Garrett, 56, was the Cowboys coach from 2010 to 2019, going 85 and 67 in the regular season and 2 and 3 in the playoffs. He was fired after the 2019 season when the Cowboys finished 8-8 eight and, eight, and most recently was with the New York Giants offensive coordinator before being fired during the 2021 season. He is currently an analyst for NBC Sports. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott said he hopes his former coach gets the job willing to talk to whoever I can to endorse him and just talk of how great of a coach he is, Prescott said Thursday. Thinking of him in the college level, I think it's a very well fit. Just a guy that does things the right way, is consistent as ever, has great messaging, and I just think he'd be a huge, be huge for a program like that that's so prestigious. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. Hope to see him in it. The 54-year-old Taylor, who graduated from Cal, is coaching Sacramento State in Friday's FCS quarterfinals against Incarnate Word. He has been the coach at Sacramento State since 2019. is a two-time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year 2019 and 2021. Won the Eddie and one moment. We have a call coming in. Hello. 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 How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? It is so nice to hear from you because as we speak right now, ladies and gentlemen, what I want to do is I want to welcome in my daughter who just happened to be calling me. And she don't know this, but she's about to find out that she is now on my podcast. <laughs> you were funny. <laughs> yes, this is my daughter, Ty Shana. I'm going to call her Ty for short. Ty, thanks for calling your dad. How are you doing? I'm good. I just got off work. Today was crazy. I get those days a lot at my job. But I'm not gonna put my job's name out there. Just say I'll just say I work with people with disabilities, and sometimes they have their moments. Well, I'll just say I work for people who want loans, and it's the season for loans, and it's a lot of angry people. A lot of angry people, huh? And scammers. It's the scammers for me. Right. So. Tell, tell the people a little bit about your job. We're, we're going to get back into to some sports talk, but this is a very rare moment, and I am elated that my daughter is actually calling me while I'm doing a podcast. So, <laughs> Okay, well, my job's actually kind of cool in the sense that I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it started in Wichita by these two brothers, and it's been running for like a super long time and everybody in the company, well, not everybody, but like the majority of the people in the company have been working there for years. And the brothers, first person that they had retired from the company was their mother. So it's really, really nice. And it's like 
across the nations, like across the, uh, the country, like it's, it's everywhere, not everywhere, everywhere, because Chicago just lost us. Well, Illinois, but it's probably because of Chicago, because, you know, Chicago crazy. I wouldn't have wanted to loan there either. But yeah. So the, their mother is getting ready to retire, right? Yeah, she retired well, from there. You know what? We have to say congratulations just like this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, y'all, this is my lovely daughter. She just recently celebrated a birthday. I even sent her a birthday shout out back on November. The, you know, and I, and I got to say this because this is funny because on one of her Facebook pages, I'm not going to tell y'all that name either. If she wants y'all to know, she'll tell you. Her birthday her birthday is November 21st on one page. I'm her daddy. Girl was born on November the 22nd. I don't know why come she trying to fool y'all like that. <laughs> so I actually had that birthday as the 21st. You remember Amanda? She made that Facebook page for me. Oh, okay. See? Or that might be the one. I don't remember. I know she made a Facebook page for me at one point. We were supposed to like share the page, but it's just mine now. <laughs> and okay. I didn't want to change the birthday because you know Facebook be asking for your ID now, and I ain't that pressed for Facebook. So <laughs> got you, got you. Well, hey, you know, other reason I called you because I I have something that I need to return to you, and I need to put my hand on it. But at the same token, a few weeks ago I was out at the place I'm gonna say this name Cracker Barrel Restaurant, and I bought a bottle of uh, something vanilla cream so. It wasn't called cream soda, it was something. And I bought a bottle of root beer. And you know those novelty bottles with the fancy little top on it? Yeah. Like the bottle of the juice that you gave me that has the top on it. The top? I well, love those. I got two of those now. And one must be for me, right? Because you love me so much. Both, after I finish my root beer, both of them are for you. I love you too. I'm gonna cook you something. You want some food? Cause I got some chicken. It's frozen. I just gotta thaw it out. Hey, I will come by and get that chicken Sunday after church. Got you. Okay, so I'm gonna cook on Sunday, and I'm off on Sun. Uh, no, I'm not. Overtime, but I could cook and she's on my podcast. And I'm not going to edit this out. Y'all are going to get to hear this conversation. But right now, I'm getting ready to get back into some more sports talk. But I want to thank my daughter for calling. She didn't even know she was going to be on my podcast, but she's on there now. So we'll just call this segment right here Outside the Box. Y'all remember I had that segment? It's called Outside the Box. Well, this is what you call Outside the Box because it's not a sports-related topic. So my daughter, she is my daughter. I love her to the moon and back. And tell my grandbabies, I said, hi, and I'm going to come by and see them one day. Okay, I was just going to say, one of your grandkids is harassing me over uh, when you're going to come back. He wants them piano lessons. You did give me that guy's information, but you know, somebody stole my phone. So I don't want to have that information. So you got to send okay. it to me again. I will send it to you again because we're going to get we're gonna get my grandson on some pianos, get him on some keys. He's going to have to play for his papa one day. Yep. And, you know, Big Sean, he could play the piano a little bit because, you know, he's take his little lesson. So, but he said you sent him like a little uh, something. Yeah, it was a little link I sent him. I sure did. Yep, he got that. So that's awesome. Thank you. All right. I'm going to let you go back and talk about sports. I just got me a new Chiefs sweater and a new Cowboys sweater. 
So I'm trying to figure out which one to wear to work because, you know, they're really serious about their teams at my job. I kind of want to just piss people off a little bit. So I need to go get me a different sports just to kind of get them in my pocket. Wear the cowboy sweater. Okay, I'm going to do it. If you don't wear it, I'll wear it. All right, yeah. so I'm going to I'm I'm wear the cowboy sweater and I'm going to walk in and I'm going to record everybody's reaction. <laughs> All right, then. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we, applause for my daughter. <laughs> All right. Love you, my daddy. Love you, too. All right, yep. Sometimes we have to take pauses like that. They are well worth it. I know this is a sports podcast. I know that. I get that. And I haven't lost where we were at. We were talking about Stanford and their coaching search. So now we're going to get back into talking about Stanford and their coaching search. As we we left off when I got that call, we talked about Jason Garrett, and now we're talking about 54-year-old Taylor, who graduated from Cal, is coaching Sacramento State in Friday's FCS quarterfinals against Incarnate Word. He has been the coach at Sacramento State since 2019, is a two-time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year 2019 and 2021. Won the 2019 Eddie Robinson Coach Award, Eddie Robinson Award as FCS Coach of the Year, and is a finalist again this year after leading his team to a 12-0 record entering Friday's game. The Stanford job became open when David Shaw resigned in November after 12 seasons. He was the winningest coach at Stanford, in Stanford history with a 96-54 record. His resignation came after back-to-back three and nine seasons and a 14-28 and 28 stretch since the start of 2019. News of the founders. So there you have news on that. Looking at some more news, USC quarterback Caleb Williams voted AP Player of the Year. Southern California quarterback Caleb Williams is the Associated Press College Football Player of the Year, becoming the school's first winner of the award since 2005, his stellar debut season for the Trojans. Williams received 32 of the 46 first-place votes and 117 total points from AP Top 25 poll voters win the award presented by Regions Bank. The Heisman trophy favorite finished well ahead of TCU quarterback Max Dugan, who came in second with six first-place votes and 64 points. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud was third, with Tennessee's Hendon Hooker in fourth and Georgia's Stetson Bennett fifth. Alabama linebacker Will Anderson, Jr., First repeat SEC Defensive Player of the Year was the only non-quarterback in this year's top eight vote-getters finishing sixth after coming in fourth last season. Stroud and Hooker got two first-place votes apiece, while one first-place vote each went to Bennett, Anderson, and star running backs B. John Robinson of Texas and Blake Corum of Michigan. The clear favorite was Williams, the elusive passer, and runner with an electrifying arm and strong leadership skills. The sophomore followed Lincoln Raleigh from Oklahoma to the West Coast last winter, and the duo immediately returned USC 11-2 to national prominence with a seven-win improvement on last season's record. 
Williams has passed for 4,075 yards with an FBS leading 37 touchdowns and just four interceptions this season, completing 66.1% of his passes while winning the Pac-12's Offensive Player of the Year. His ability to avoid defensive pressure has bordered on the supernatural at times, and he has racked up 372 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns while setting the USC school records for total touchdowns and total offensive yards, 4,447 in a season. I think he's just elegant in the way he plays the game, USC receiver Kyle Ford said. That's the only word to describe it. He's out there, and he's in the backfield zigzagging around and doing spin moves, and he doesn't get touched and has a first down, and he's out of bounds. Stuff like that is amazing to me, stuff that he pulls off during the game. He's a gamer, and he's a winner. Perhaps most impressively, Williams has played a critical role in bringing cohesion, teamwork, and 11 victories to a program returning from a four-win season with a new coaching staff and more than two dozen veteran players additions, player, veteran player additions through the transfer portal. Although he usually deflects questions about his own play by praising his teammates, Williams admits leadership means everything to him. I've been trying to lead more, he added. Being in a position where you can go and do something bigger or do something that you've always dreamed of as a child, it brings that understanding that time is right now. From his first weeks in Los Angeles, Williams welcomed the responsibility of organizing and motivating this group of new teammates. He swiftly cemented friendships across the roster with his charisma and upbeat personality. Talk about a dude you can count on for anything. USC left guard Andrew Voorhees said, a guy who genuinely cares, is supportive in every way, really tries to be a guy that brings people together. It's a brotherhood to him. USC went 11-1 in the regular season, and Williams put up one spectacular game after another down the stretch, capped by rivalry victories over UCLA and Notre Dame. Although the Trojans missed out on the college football playoff after losing the Pac-12 title game in Utah, while Williams hobbled through the evening with a hamstring injury, number eight USC will finish its turnaround season in the Cotton Bowl against Tulane. Williams is the third winner of the AP award in six years for Riley, who also coached Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield 2017 and Kyler Murray 2018 to Heisman trophies in the same years. USC is enjoying its best season since the tenure of former coach Pete Carroll, and the Trojans now have their first AP Player of the Year since those glory days. Quarterback Matt Leiner won the award in 2004, and tailback Reggie Bush claimed it the next year. Both went on to claim the Heisman Trophy, and Williams is favored to claim USC's record eight as the school's first finalist since 2005. Williams, Stroud, Dugan and Bennett are the finalists for the Heisman, which will be presented in New York on Saturday. The winner of the AP award has differed from the Heisman winner just twice in the past two decades. So, what a way to get things started. 
unexpected phone call, but glad to have gotten it. So you got to get in a little bit on what you, what I would call my personal life. Got to meet my daughter on the phone, so that's always a good thing. We started off talking about Stanford coaching job opening and there are two finalists and a look at Caleb Williams being named AP Player of the Year and most likely will probably end up being the Heisman Trophy winner. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do right here. I'm going to go ahead and take a break right here. And when I come back, I will have some more news for you. So stay on the train because we are just now building up ahead of steam. Once again, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas. And what makes this podcast number one? Because you never know what to expect. You never know what calls you're going to get. The variety. One day I may talk local. I may talk regional. They talk national. But you are going to get sports talk at its best right here on A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Be right back. conductor Anthony Smith. It's time for us all to grow together. So if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star, as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, and goods, candy, snacks, and drinks.
Podcast, the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! Merry Christmas, baby. Merry Christmas, baby. Anyway, I just had to get that out. No, y'all, I am not a singer. I'm just having fun. That's all. Just having fun. Just having fun. Had fun with that. Had fun with that first segment. Had a phone call. Yeah, my daughter. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good place. Ready to take this podcast on to the next level. And can't you just feel the excitement of Christmas in the air? I know some of you listening probably don't celebrate Christmas. I get that. Some of y'all do. I'm not saying either way. Which, which, what? I'm not telling you what to do either way. Just enjoy the holidays. Enjoy family. That's what it's all about. Enjoying family. So, like I did in that first segment, I I enjoyed the fact that my daughter called and we just talking off the wall. Nothing. No rhyme, nor reason, just talking on a podcast that's supposed to be a sports-related podcast. That was a good way to get my outside-the-box segment in there. All righty. All righty. Anyway, I'm glad that you are listening to this podcast. Hope you find it very entertaining. So, the big news today. Unless you were sleeping under a rock. Big news today, and I'm glad I don't have Twitter up right now because I know Twitter is blown up, and I do not have the time or do I want to fathom the thought of reading through all the negativity, all the, let's just say it like this, even some of the comments I would read while Brittany Griner was incarcerated. To me, were damning and sickening to think that as long as we've been in this place here called America, that we still have not cured our racial issues and racial indifferences. And I'm going to say something here that's going to probably rub some people the wrong way. I'm not being belligerent about it. I'm not bashing any certain type of group. No, I have not been a supporter of LGBTQ. I do not support that cause. What I do support is the human race. That's what I do support, the human race. If someone is on my podcast that is of LGBTQ and I happen to interview them, 
I don't hold it against them because that's what they are. Just like I would hope that they don't hold that against me because I do not support that movement. What I do support is the human movement. And I would dare not get someone that's on from LGBTQ on my podcast to belittle them. That's not how I roll. So I want to get that out the way. In radio terms, they call it housekeeping. Moving forward, we know Brittany Griner is of the LGBTQ community. There has been no secrets about it. Her wife was on, showing her emotions, how proud that she was that they freed Brittany Griner. That's their prerogative to each their own. But a lot of support has gone up for Brittany Griner. And we know in Russia, there are some things that Russia don't condone. And one of them is that of LGBTQ. They do not condone that. So that was what Brittany Griner had against her. Also, the fact that she is of African-American descent. That was another thing that was a strike against her. And if that wasn't enough, the gender played a factor that she was a female. So now let's get on to the headlines here. Brittany Griner, freed in U.S.-Russia prisoner exchange. And what I am going to do here is I am going to give you this soundbite. That's approximately two minutes and 50 seconds long. Just bear with me while we get through this. And then I will be back with this story. How did this all come together? Well, what finally happened was the U.S. recognized, and I think Stephen was saying this before, that it was this deal or nothing. They had been pushing all along to get both Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner home. There was a comment from a senior Russian official just about two weeks ago saying, hey, we're working in good faith. Uh, we're, we're optimistic. And a State Department official quickly shot back, no, you're not. If you're really acting in good faith, then, then act like it. Uh, it, was, it was an unusual and, as we've seen many times with Brittany Griner's case, another unprecedented public airing of U.S. frustration. Uh, but something happened in those past two weeks where the U.S. realized, okay, this is all we're going to get. Uh, they called Paul Whelan's family yesterday to say that this was going to happen so that they were aware Paul was not coming home. That didn't happen in April when American Trevor Reed came home and the family was upset. Uh, but in this case, they said they completely understand. This was the deal they could make. The White House had to make it. Uh, TJ, thank you for being on the show. I, 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 again, you might have already answered the question, but I'm still going to ask anyway. Uh, over the last couple of weeks or so, anything specific stand out? Because I'm still thinking, you know, the way I was thinking about it, well, what the United States was offering, they've been offering. Uh, the war in Ukraine is still going on. I'm saying, well, what happened in the last few weeks that made them change course because I can't think of anything, even though you pointed out how they said they were acting in good faith and the United States said, no, you're not because we're standing here. But that's basically public pressure. And 
they uh, thus far Russia hasn't seemed to care too much about that to begin with. So I'm wondering if there's anything specific that you could point to that may have transpired over the last two or three weeks that may have changed course, forced them to change course. I mean, to hear, yeah, yeah, to hear from the U.S. officials I've, I've spoken to, it was just recognizing this is all that Russia is willing to do. Beyond that, I'm guided by the one lesson that has really been driven home for me over the past nine months of, of working on this story, is that when a deal like this happens, often there are pieces we never hear about. What we know about is the one-for-one -one trade. We know Russia wanted that early. But in deals like this, sometimes there are elements to it involving people we have never heard of, uh, involving concessions that we will never hear about. There could be, uh, this could be a way for Russia to say, look, we just traded to get this hero of Russia back home. It's a political domestic victory for Vladimir Putin to be able to do that. And maybe they have something else in mind with Paul Whelan. So all I can tell you is, you know, what changed is that the U.S. said this is a deal we can do and they will do it. But I'm just constantly reminded that I don't know what I don't know. So there are some of the details of what we have as far as Brittany Griner being freed. So Russia has freed Brittany Griner in a dramatic high-level prisoner exchange that brings the WNBA star back to the United States after almost 10 months of detention. The swap made, the swap made at a time of heightened tensions over the invasions of Ukraine achieved a top goal for President Joe Biden but carried a heavy price and left behind Paul Whelan, an American jailed for nearly four years in Russia. Biden tweeted about Griner's release Thursday morning, writing that she is on her way back to the United States. Biden spoke with Griner on the phone Thursday while her wife, Sherelle, was in the Oval Office. In an address from the White House, Biden said these past few months have been hell for Brittany, but that she was in good spirits. This is a day we've worked toward for a long time, Biden said. We never stopped pushing for her release. It took painstaking and intense negotiations, and I want to thank all the hardworking public servants across my administration who worked tirelessly to secure her release. Sherelle Griner also spoke at the White House and thanked a number of people who helped secure her wife's release. Today, my family is whole. But as you all are aware, there are so many other families who are not whole, Cheryl Griner said. BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home, including Paul, whose family is in our hearts today as we celebrate BG being home. Brittany Griner was expected to be back in the U.S. within 24 hours, Biden said. U.S. officials said she would be offered specialized medical services and counseling, but declined to go into specifics, citing privacy concerns. A source told ESPN's T.J. Quinn that Griner will go first to the Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio. According to ABC News, Griner could arrive either Thursday night or Friday morning. The deal, the second such exchange in eight months with Russia, procured the release of the most prominent American detainee abroad. Griner is a two-time Olympic gold medalist whose month-long imprisonment on drug charges 
brought unprecedented attention to the population of wrongful detainees. Biden's authorization to release notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Boot, once nicknamed the Merchant of Death, underscored the escalating pressure that his administration faced to get Griner home, particularly after the recent resolution of her criminal case and subsequent transfer to a penal colony. Russia's foreign ministry also confirmed the swap. Thursday said in a statement carried by Russian news agencies that the exchange took place in Abu Dubai, United Arab Arab Emeritus, and that Boot has been flown home. Video released by Russian state media on Thursday showed Griner boarding a plane and being told she was returning to the United States. The video was taken before she had been released in U.S. custody. And I think I have that video as well, too. Here it is to say this. Here is a first look of Brittany Griner getting released from prison and on her way back. Take a listen to her on the plane. What's your mood? Happy. <laughs> well, are you ready for a flight? Uh, yes. Yeah. Good. Do you know where I'm heading to? No. No? No. 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 You fly back home to, to the U.S. To the U.S. Oh, okay. Everything will be fine. So there you heard the words of Brittany Griner as she was on the plane. And of course, there were some more comments that were made by some more prominent people in the basketball community and I will go ahead and play that right now for you as well too and then I will get back and conclude this story. Here is South Carolina women's basketball head coach Don Staley. And I, I'm a girl from Philly. We don't cry very easily but I <laughs> cry because this is the moment that we've all been praying for for BG and I'm just, I'm just happy. Like God is real. Like I know we talk about who's the greatest of all time in sports, but we need to, we need to let that go and let God be the greatest, be the goat. When you actually know someone, like when you, when you, when you, when you laid your, 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 your sport on the line, when you play in the Olympic games for your country, um, there's a connection there. There's a link up that you don't you don't link up any closer than that. And we we wanted our sister home, and we want to do everything possible to make sure that happened. And I I have to say, I spoke to a reporter yesterday, and I was like, I just have this feeling that Brittany's going to be home before Christmas. I don't know why. Maybe it was a, a verse that someone sent me last week that talked about God's grace, and I just felt like His grace was going to come snatch her like a thief in the night, like last night, um, to bring her home. And I'm just, I'm just so happy. Like I'm, I'm full. When you've been to the depths, like the bottom, bottom, 
and that pain is 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 seems insurmountable. These are the moments that actually make you the strongest. Yeah. And even though it doesn't feel good, I'm sure it never felt right. Yeah. It was wrong. It was wrong. And those are the moments, though, that um, will change your life forever. And when she gets back, I, I mean, like I said, this is trauma. So speaking to some mental health professionals, I mean, this is something that she might be dealing with her whole life. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. She's strong. She's brave. She's courageous and she'll be vocal when she comes back. That's one thing that the W and the NBA has always done is be vocal and stand up. And we were talking about family before. What kind of family are you if you don't start speaking up? And I remember um, two specific things is, is when the guys wore the shirts, I believe last year in the playoffs. Yes. Um, the warm up shirts. Um, I, I mean, it's, I was so proud yeah. like to be a part of, of the NBA family and how they, uh, stepped in the gap, right? Like nobody together. can. And I, t I have two boys, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell this to my older son, you could pick on Sam all you want. No, nobody else picks on Sam. Right. <laughs> right. Like you can pick on Sam all you want. And so families help each other and you speak up. And when you help, you, you're able to help, you help, mm -hmm. you know? And I think the, the NBA and the WNBA, um, continuing to just say her name out loud, making sure she's not forgotten. Um, you know, and just keeping her name in the mix. But her, her pain will become her greatest strength. So there you have comments from a panel of group, a panel discussion. You had Coach Don Stagley. People just weighing in on the whole Brittany Griner situation as she is freed. So that is the breaking news of the day. Brittany Griner freed. So back to the rest of this article. Russian and U.S. officials had conveyed cautious optimism in recent weeks after months of strained negotiations, with Biden saying in November that he was hopeful that Russia would engage in a deal after the U.S. midterm elections. A top Russian official had said last week that a deal was possible before years end. Even so, the fact that the deal was one-for-one one swap was a surprise, given that U.S. officials had for months expressed their determination to bring home both Griner and Whelan, a Michigan corporate security executive jailed in Russia since December 2018 on espionage charge that his family and the U.S. government have said are faceless. In releasing boot, the U.S. freed a former Soviet Army Lieutenant Colony, uh, Colonel, whom the Justice Department once described as one of the world's most prolific arms dealers, Boot, whose exploits inspired a Hollywood movie, was serving a 25-year sentence on charges that he conspired to sell tens of millions of dollars in weapons that U.S. officials said were to be used against Americans. Biden using used issued an executive grant of clemency to free the arms dealer from a federal prison in Illinois to affect the prisoner swap, showing the administration's willingness to exchange him to ensure Griner's freedom. The detention of one of the greatest players in WNBA history contributed to a swirl of unprecedented public attention for an individual detainee, not to mention intense pressure on the White House. It has been a total team effort, WNBA Commissioner 
Kathy Engelbert told reporters in discussing Grinder's release. We use that analogy in sports all the time, but we could not have done this without the NBA, without Britain's agent, lawyers, the whole ecosystem around women's sports. But again, this came down to the leadership of our government and our State Department, and they got this done, and I'm so grateful to them. We did a lot of things during the WNBA season to remember Brittany so she wasn't forgotten. Team efforts by everybody. That doesn't happen in every industry, but it happened here. Engelbert said the WNBA would respect Griner's privacy, but also noted that she would be welcome to re-engage with the league and its players when she is ready. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said in a statement that Griner has had to endure an unimaginable situation, and we're thrilled that she is on her way home to her family and friends. He also thanked the NBA and WNBA community for their efforts to maintain awareness of Griner. Griner's arrest in February made her the most high-profile American jailed abroad. Her status as a gay black woman locked up in a country where authorities have been hostile to the LGBTQIA plus community infused gender, racial, and social dynamics into her legal saga and made each development a matter of international importance. Her case was not only brought, her case not only brought unprecedented publicity to the dozens of Americans wrongfully detained by foreign governments, but also emerged as a major inflection point in U.S.-Russia diplomacy at a time of deteriorating relations prompted by Moscow's war against Ukraine. The exchange was carried out despite deteriorating relationships between the powers, but the imprisonment of Americans produced a rare diplomatic opening, yielding the highest level known contact between Washington and Moscow, a phone call between Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov in more than five months. In an extraordinary move during otherwise secret negotiations, Blinken revealed publicly in July that the U.S. had made a substantial proposal to Russia for Griner and Whalen. Although he did not specify the terms, people familiar with it said the U.S. had offered who? Besides efforts of U.S. officials, Griner's release followed months of back-channel negotiations involving Bill Richardson, the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, and a frequent emissary in hostage talks, and his top deputy, Mickey Bergman. The men had made multiple trips abroad in the past year to discuss swap scenarios with Russia contract contacts. So there you have some of this news on the Britney Griner release. There is much more to that, but what I'm going to do here is I am going to take a break. And when I come back, I will have Some more news for you. As I always say, the train is always building up ahead of steam. 
So don't you dare go nowhere. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Once again, getting you in the mood for the upcoming season. So stay right there. I'll be right back. Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. It's time for us all to grow together. So, if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or, if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. The A Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right, your number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas. What makes this the number one podcast? You, the listeners. You, the listeners who listen, whether it be on Spotify or wherever you listen, if you're on uh, Apple or wherever, wherever you listen to this podcast at, you are the ones that make it number one. You're the ones that share this podcast with others so that they can listen to it. You, the listening public, are the reason that I do what I do because I enjoy doing what I do. And even if I'm not the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, I'm going to keep on saying it because I'm that confident in my ability of what I'm doing. So in the words of Deion Sanders, don't let my confidence offend your insecurities. That being said, we know that that has been the other headline news of Dion leaving to go to Colorado. So what I'm going to do is I want to look at from the HBCU Legends of Fan Nation, Coach Prime and the JSU Tigers 2022 economic impact on the city of Jackson. Dion Sanders took over as head coach of the 
Colorado Buffaloes shortly after winning the 2022 SWAC football championship game against Southern University. Hotel rooms across Jackson, Mississippi, and the surrounding areas were packed, and hospitality rates increased during the weekend's festivities. Two reports from WLBT featured comments from the Jackson Chamber of Commerce and on the financial impact of the city hosting the SWAC championship in JSU's four home games at Veterans Memorial Stadium. First, four home games, approximately 16.2 million in revenue was generated for Jackson businesses, a drastic increase from 7.2 million in 2017. Number two, the 2022 SWAC football championship game approximately $8 million in revenue generated. The true economic impact from Coach Sanders and the Jackson State football program will be felt in businesses next season and compared as the Tigers play under a new coach. So what happens next in HBCU sports? In other words, what happens with life after Dion? One of the questions already being asked is, will the attendance plummet without Coach Prime now? Because of what he brought to the university. He brought the swag, he brought the attention, he brought the cameras. And yes, there was one uh, guy who is very sour on Dion, you know, because he says, you know, the Celebration Bowl has been played on national TV. But when was game day, ESPN's game day, when did it ever show up for historically black college university football game? And when you look at how much Sanders had to go into his own pocket to fund things like new equipment, new uh, locker room area, new lounge areas, the feeding of players, whatnot. I mean, Sanders exhausted a lot of his own funds. So I think Sanders should be appreciated for not only coaching and putting this school back on the map football-wise, but should also be commended the groundwork that he laid financially. Think about it. When was the last time you seen an HBCU school and their coach on the front cover? Sports Illustrated. And if that isn't enough, there's a rumor going around. And that rumor basically is in the form of this headline right here. It basically says, Jackson State allegedly misused football funds, stole money from Deion Sanders' 
and players. There is a major rumor going around that is painting Jackson State in a bad light. A viral post, a viral post from social media is accusing people at Jackson State of misusing funds and basically stealing money from Deion Sanders and the players on the team. Let's get into this little brief story here and see what it says. And I'm not going to make a rush to judgment because all I have is what I have before me. So for me, it's not enough for me to make judgment on this. All I can say is I hope it isn't true. It says, and the plot thickens. Let's run it down. JSU put in Dion's contract that after 30K ticket sales, you have received a percentage of the sales. That didn't happen the whole time he was there. Ticket sales got missing. Dion, football team, nor the staff saw any of that money. There was a lucrative TV deal in place that Dion wanted to get, but the university did not. Dion, with his own money, built a new locker room and tennis courts. All the new designs, Dion's pocket. The new players' lounge, Dion. He also used his own money to feed his players. All of the fancy meals you saw the players eating, Dion. When JSU went to the Celebration Bowl last year, the school didn't give any money back to athletics. Dion used a lot of his personal money to fund numerous things around campus. The university did not help. The president wanted his name in the headlines as much as Dion. Dion wants to coach the Celebration Bowl this year. JSU president said no, and the Celebration Bowl is sold out. The jury is out on if he will or not. A last-minute offer was made for $1 million for Dion to stay. But he had to pay his staff out of that. There was no new offer made after the first year of success. So, I'm going to let y'all weigh in on that. Let me know what you think. Is there any truth to this? What we do know is, remember, this is all rumored and alleged. Deion Sanders was named Colorado foot, Colorado's, Colorado football's new head coach on Saturday night following the Tigers' SWAC championship victory. 55-year-old is in his third season as JSU's coach. He has compiled a 27-5 record with consecutive SWAC championships and bursts into the Celebration Bowl. Tigers head into the 2022 Celebration Bowl with a 12-0 record. Sanders will owe JSU about $300,000 for a contract buyout. So there you have some more Deion Sanders news as we get ready to close things out. 
So I hope you have enjoyed the ride on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. However, before I do leave, there is one story of interest that I do want to share with you, and this too has something to do with Deion Sanders. As Deion Sanders' son voices his displeasure over dad leaving Jackson State for Colorado. After the SWAG title game, Deion Sanders gathered his entire team in a meeting room and informed them he would be leaving for Colorado. Sanders will go from making about $300,000 a year to a reported salary of more than $5 million. Obviously, there was some disappointment, and it came from a family member. According to Jeff Lightsley Jr., Sanders' son, Shiloh, was reportedly upset that his father wasn't finishing what he started in Jackson State. From the intel that was able to be gathered while he was there, Shiloh's upset. Shiloh has been invested in the city of Jackson and in the school. So when he got the news that his father was moving on to Colorado, apparently him and Coach Prime, his own dad, kind of butted heads. And on Twitter, here's what it said. Deion Sanders and son Shiloh Sanders reportedly butted heads over a decision to go to Colorado. And I believe there's some audio on that, but I'll get back to that. Sanders needed only two full seasons to make Jackson State the jewel of the conference. Tigers went undefeated in the SWAC for the second consecutive season, and they are 23-2 in the past 25 games. It will virtually it will virtually be impossible for the program to hire a coach with charisma similar to Sanders. He gave them lasting memories that will be talked about for years to come. In Boulder, Sanders will try to resurrect one of the worst programs in college football. Colorado won and 11 this season lost 10 games by at least 23 points. So it just goes to show that everybody's not always happy with the move that you make. And from what the intel that I was able to gather while I was there, Shiloh's upset. Shiloh it, from what I understand, and this is just from, from the people that I talked to because I was there, but Shiloh has been invested in the city of Jackson and in this school. Uh, one thing that's big at JSU is their band, the Sonic Boom of the South. It's one of the most known, well-respected bands in the entire world, not just the country. And they're, and one thing that stands out about them is the their drum majors called the J5. Well, Shiloh, ever since he's been at Jackson State, has been like obsessed with the J5 and literally like goes to practice with them and got a, a, a drum major mace. And they officially made him the J6 member. 
right? Like they made a J6 to make, ingratiate him into the culture. Yeah. And so when he got the news, essentially, that his father was moving on to Colorado or however they broke that down, apparently him, him and Coach Prime, his own dad, kind of butted heads. Uh, and, and so now my question here is this. Now, I told you I'm getting ready to get out of here. But I, I have to do this. And I hope that whoever those all right, here's what I want. Those of y'all that listen to this podcast, I know I only have a few listeners, although I do claim that I'm number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas. Here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to, if I could say it, I'm, I'm gonna be nice. My wife might listen to this. I want y'all to share the heck out of this podcast. Uh keep in mind that anchor. It's powered by Spotify. And I just need at least half of y'all that got 